Hi, my name is Mittal Ruparelia, and I am the founder and principal of Citius Partners. We are a revenue growth consultancy and work with B2B technology businesses across the globe. Mittal, thank you for joining us. Looking forward to hearing more about uh, about you and about the work that, um, that that you do. Just start by fleshing things out a little bit in terms of the work that you do. Um, revenue growth consultants, just you know, tell us a little bit more about what that looks like. Sure. We work with two different type of technology businesses, B2B primarily. The first set of businesses that we work with are those that are underperforming or in distress. And the other type of businesses that we work with are businesses that are looking to achieve scale and profitable growth. And the common denominator amongst them too is that they're looking for somebody that's done it. They're looking for somebody with the experience and there is a need of efficient intervention to deliver profitable revenue growth. And that's what we do. You, you mentioned there about, um, you know, they're looking for someone that's that's done it, that, that's got that experience. So tell us a bit about what's led you to this point. Perhaps my, my career actually started when I was a, a teenager. I went through a period in life where whilst I was studying, I used to work evenings at a call centre and work the weekends at a local news agent. And I needed to do that because I wanted to be able to support my my mother and care for my younger brother. But coming from this sort of low income household, it really taught me the value of money and you know how to save and graft, if you like. It took me a lot longer to purchase my first computer. And when I did, that was actually really the 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 beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And during that sort of first early years in college, I actually began building and selling computers and websites to small and medium-sized organizations. And it really just helped to ignite my, my passion for assisting customers in modernizing and digitizing their operations. So that's where it really kind of started from. And it allowed me to sort of pay my way through university and graduate with a, a first-class degrees, you know, nothing unusual there. But after, after finishing university, I landed a job at an early stage tech startup. And, you know, I worked my way through the career ladder, um, working from multiple different companies in a variety of different roles, but I found my niche and that was really helping those underperforming businesses achieve profitable growth. And there has been various different things that I've achieved whilst working for organizations that have allowed me to adapt my skill sets and help those businesses that are not delivering what they need to deliver. Um, and I've done that for early stage businesses as well as public listed organizations. I'm guessing you perhaps don't want to tell us too much of, of the secret sauce that makes all this um, happen, but how, how do you do that? It's about value creation. You know, how can I create value for the end customer? Because if I can create value for the end customer, I can re-engineer what the business needs to do to realize that value. So being customer-centric is really key to everything I do. And I and, and and that is actually one of the core 
pillars of City as Partners. You know, we we stand by the motto that if we're unable to create value or we're unable to support you in your initiatives or objectives, then we'll be very open and transparent and disclose that up ahead of time. You, you mentioned earlier about um, you know, a few examples of, of the kind of businesses that you um, that you work with. Just tell us a little bit more about that in terms of who you kind of feel like you can help, and and maybe some of the businesses that you've that you've been able to to, to work with and, and 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 you know help them in terms of moving to the next level. Yeah, sure. So we actually work with either the institutional investor. So this could be the private equity or the VC fund that has a vested interest in the actual portfolio company itself, or alternatively directly engaging with the business, the CEO or the founder. And the type of businesses that we've kind of worked with kind of range from your large enterprises like the SAPs, the BlackBerry, um, and then you've got private equity-backed businesses, MarTech businesses like Site Improve or VisionBox, which is a digital identity management business, or a telco-serving business focused around communication as a service. So there is quite a large variety of the different types of businesses we have worked with and that I've personally got engaged with. Are there particular patterns that you kind of see? Are, are there problems and challenges which tend to kind of come up time and time again, or does it not work that way? Does it does it tend to be very very bespoke from one project to the next in in, in terms of um, what hurdles those businesses have to overcome? Yes, I'd love to say there is a cookie cutter approach, but there really isn't. Every business is is unique, um, and every founder and CEO will have their own characteristics in terms of how they manage their business and their operations. So when I engage or when my team engage with a business, we kind of go through our ACT framework, which stands for assess, create, and transform. And what that really allows us to do is it helps us uncover and focus on the high-impacting opportunities. So we may find that one business may need sort of a real focus around their sales and marketing team or their pipeline. Another business might be focused around operational efficiency. So how do we ensure that the people that are on the ground are actually delivering against the objectives that have been set out at the beginning of the year? In terms of how we engage from a, an engagement perspective, should I say, it can be in one of two ways. We can either be fully hands-on, where we're kind of embedded in the business to help build and execute, or alternatively, we're able to engage as an independent advisor, where we can coach and guide the leadership team and board. We've obviously been through an interesting time over the uh, the last three, four, five years. It's been an unusual period for for the economy a usual period for for businesses just an unusual period for all of us in terms of um society really what what's your kind of take on on where things are at the moment from an economic perspective yeah sure and i think you know i think the last 3 to 4 years have been very challenging we've had brexit covid the war in ukraine sanctions, inflation, energy, and now 
natural disaster in in Turkey and Syria. What what more is there to still come? I think it's fair to state that any one of these alone could have caused widespread economic damage. And what we've been busy doing is helping some of those businesses that are being impacted to ensuring they've got some level of resilience and a plan. I mean, whilst no two businesses are the same, there's some common common foundations and things that can be done, you know, be it from adjusting prices so that they are increased in line with the consumer price index or negotiating extended payment terms so that you've got extra time to pay your suppliers wherever possible and working with multiple suppliers right it sounds it sounds kind of bleeding obvious but it's remarkable how many businesses actually don't have that 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 have that single point of failure and there's so many different things that we will do and help businesses to better prepare themselves in a how do you survive through the next economic crisis and equally the ones that we're going through right now i think leading on from that you know a lot of businesses are going to be looking back at their financial performance from last year and they'll probably be disappointed and be looking for ways to turn that ship around and that's what we've been doing as well we've been helping not only driving the efficiency and creating you know making businesses ready or prepared but we're also helping the revenue generating teams that are going to be carrying the vast burden of driving growth so revenue generating teams for anyone that's not aware is you know your your sales your marketing your business development your channel teams and your delivery teams that are responsible for bringing in cash and i would say there's probably about three to five key areas that every business really should consider the first i would say is planning if you fail to plan you're planning to fail so with that i would say always start with creating a plan now when you're thinking about growth be ambitious with your goals yes but have the right framework and roadmap for getting to that journey that will help you understand and identify and prioritize the resources from where you are and where you need to be and where you want to go and with that in mind when you're building out that plan ensure that it's not done in a siloed mindset you know what quite often what happens is you know the leadership team will kind of gather around and say yes we're going to do 40% year on year growth well that's great but really make sure that you've really thought that plan out and and sought consensus from other divisions and other departments because what tends to happen is whilst you need to deliver 40% more business that means there's got to be more pipeline it's got to be more leads or more customers so that will require sales input because they're going to have to be the ones bringing that business in and to do that they're going to need help and support perhaps from marketing does your product support more customers how obvious is that one and can you support more customers coming onto the platform if it is a technology based company and if you need more people or more resources well it means you need more money and therefore finance need to be involved as well so having a consensus amongst a variety of different teams is key 
The second element is around pipeline and pipeline qualification. So how much pipeline do you really need to achieving those goals? So every business is different and there will be different metrics that can be looked at. And that's what we help founders and CEOs do. We look at things like, you know, how many deals do you need to be closing or how many leads do you need, for example. But we're also not just about quantity, we're about quality. I'm not sure about you, James, but I often receive a dozen cold emails and LinkedIn messages, all very much similar in nature. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. I get these leads from developers willing to send me mobile app developers and and if I want more leads and and you know I get really put off when the message is so generic. It's not speaking to my pain points. It's so generic. I just feel like I'm on another database. And the irony is I actually need some of those services. I actually need more leads. I could I would never say to no to having more leads. So I always feel like having a personalized tailored campaign and therefore having quality leads coming in is far better than having lots of leads that mean nothing. So really think about quality, think about pipeline and qualification process. And then the third point is around your sales team. Your sales team can actually make a material difference to the overall performance of the business. And I think with the last two, three years, it's been challenging a lot of people working from home. But what you really need is a sales team that's going to have that drive, that energy, that grit that will go and pursue some of those opportunities. And your strategy is tested almost every time when, when a sales team interacts with a customer. You know, are, you, are they speaking to the right person, the budget owner, or are they squandering time and money on the wrong people? So what I would always advise is educating and enabling your sales team is not really a one-off event. You know, training needs to be ongoing. And equally, when you're thinking about, when you're thinking about actually dealing with larger organizations, it shouldn't be just talking to one person. We don't want to be ghosted. That multi-stakeholder relationship, speaking to multiple people within an organization is key. So all of those three key items make a material difference to how a business can structure itself or a sales team can be more efficient and effective in helping to drive profitable growth. The the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is 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 kind of I guess it's sort of the the process for someone to figure out if they're a good candidate to work with you. And what I mean by that is, I guess there's certain traits maybe that, that, are, that are shared among the, the businesses and the people that you've, um, that you've worked with. But anyone that's listening to this thinking, I, I, I might need your help. I'm just not really sure. What, what kind of questions should they sort of be asking themselves to figure out if they are in the, 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 the zone that, that means that you would be able to help them move things forward? That's an absolute great question. And I, and I, and I think this is where most people do tend to neglect what they're looking for and make that a priority. I think before approaching a consultancy firm like Citius or any other, 
think it's always important to understand, you know, how important is growth for your business and how much time do you really have? And recognizing that sometimes you may not have enough time, are you looking to bring somebody on board that can come in and potentially make the necessary changes or implement the new structure, whatever that might be, are you going to give them the space and freedom to be able to execute? So these are really important questions. And I think sometimes when we've been in our businesses for so long, we sometimes feel like we know it and we know the problem. And I, and I can sort of share my own experience. There are probably things that I could do better and different but because I've been living and breathing it for so long, sometimes even I need an outsider to help unravel, unlock that potential. So I would always go in with an open mind, be really clear in what you want, and and set some real success key milestones and timelines around it. And you know, be willing to open up, because I think that's really important when going through a transformation. Trust is key. I said earlier i think you've shared some uh some really great like top quality value today i know there's loads more that you've got as well um through your website and and, and other uh, channels so if anyone does want to learn more about what you do or maybe um you know wants to get in touch and have a chat about their situation and see whether or not there's you know there's something in it what's the best way of people doing that yeah, the best way is actually to go on to the website, and it's quite easy. So it's Citius, as in spelled C-I-T-I-U-S, dot partners. Well, Mitchell, thank, thanks ever so much for for joining us. Um, as I say, I think there's there's so much in there for people to kind of pull apart and um, and, and and take away, and uh, it's been really good to hear more about yourself and more about the business. Thank you, James. <laughs>